Hello, you guys. We hope that y'all are having a great day. Today is really special because we are finally interviewing our first couple onto the podcast, and it is my parents. They have been married for 29 years, and I just wanted to bring them onto the podcast, and I'm so thankful that they agreed to do so because this is going to be a great one. And they have so much wisdom and so much knowledge in uh, their 29 years of marriage and uh, in their journey of knowing Jesus. And we just hope that you get to learn from them as you listen on. Yeah, so let's get to it. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Simple Mission Podcast. My name is David. And I am Leanna. And And we're we're the the Bonds. We are newlyweds in our 20s, living for Jesus while just being real and open about our life. Figuring out your mission from God does not have to be complicated. Rather, it's simple. We bring you along as we talk about relationship, family, marriage, college life, simple living, and business. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to your life as we learn together every week and maybe have some laughs along the way. Here we have Diana and Balde Pena, my wonderful in-laws. And my wonderful parents. Yes, so welcome. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. So it's a it's an honor. Um, so I guess we, we would like for all of the listeners to know who are you, because I don't know if they know. So if one of you <laughs> would like to start, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. <clears throat> my name is Balde Pena, and uh, I've been... Uh, teaching and coaching for over 30 years. I think I've completed wow. 31 years. And uh, I uh, grew up in Fremont, but uh, it's a small town, about 60 miles from Corpus. So <laughs> we, uh, we uh, grew up in a small town, but we always had a great family atmosphere and we still uh, have a strong uh, knit family together and we still get together and enjoy being together with family. Aww. And yeah. mom? And me, my name is Diana. My, my maiden name is Salinas. Shout out there. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> Last name is Pena. Um, I have been working at our church now for 30 years. Wow. Uh, started part time, but also in, the, in that, you know, raised Leanna, who's here right now, yeah. and Amarissa, our daughters, raised the girls, and, um, you know, just spending our, our lives. Uh, doing the work that God, we felt God has called us to do and raising y'all and seeing y'all loving and serving the Lord is just the greatest reward that we could ever ask for as parents. Uh, but family and, and the Lord is what's most important. I hope that's what the, the sum of my life yeah. through it all. I hope that's what people see because um, there's nothing else that I care about more. Yeah. So... And I grew up in Corpus Christi, lifelong Corpus Christian, except for three years that I moved to Odom when I was a child. That was not my choice. That was not my choice. But uh, lifelong Corpus Christi resident and love our area, love our city, love our community, love our state, love our nation, and very grateful to God. So that is my parents, y'all. We are done with this podcast. I'm just kidding. Um, so one thing I wanted to bring up is uh, I love this story. Um, can you share us the story of when and how y'all both met each other and fell in love? Well, we met at our church. Yes. Back in 1989. The year I graduated, maybe the next year, 1990. 90, yes. I don't know, 89 or 90, we met, but... 
um, Balde visited because his cousins invited him to church. Mm. And I did not like him when I first <laughs> met him, probably because my, my mom was like, oh, look, there's this young man from Sinton. His name is Valdemar. I was like, so what? <laughs> <laughs> trying to play matchmaker. But he uh, he came to church and we met and I thought he was nice, but I just, I had no interest. I really wasn't looking for anything at that time. Right. Um, I just didn't think anything was going to be like that happening. And so uh, he kept coming to church and getting to know him and um, things transpired and he asked me out on a date and I said no. <laughs> and, but he kept coming to church and I kept seeing his heart to be mm-hmm. at church. It didn't, you know, because I said no, he's, you know, it wasn't for me that he was there. He mm-hmm. was there for the Lord and he, I saw mm-hmm. him growing and we kind of helped with the youth group as adult leaders oh, wow. at that time and dad kept coming. Mm-hmm. Well, at that time, he was Baltimore, kept coming. <laughs> to uh to youth and i and he uh joked around and and just i don't know he asked me out again and we went on a date our first date was to his cousin's wedding (laughs) a wedding date a wedding date and i met all of his family at that wedding and i sat around with them that day and i looked around i was like this is my family for the rest of my life i just on the first date on the first date and then from there I don't know, it just kind of all fell into place. Wow. And so hmm. I'm very grateful for that, that he, he hung in there even after I said no the first time. <laughs> so, Dad, you only asked her out two times, and she turned you down the first time? Or you asked her out like three times? or? I believe I asked her out twice, and then the third time she said yes. Oh, but you could have to tell that. <laughs> but the, the main thing was that uh, my cousin Isabel, who was going to church at that time, had invited me, so I went to church, and the first time I saw her, I was like, wow, she's beautiful, and she Ew. had blue eyes, but she had contacts. They were fake. <laughs> oh, I forgot you wore blue contacts. <laughs> and so she sang in worship uh, with the worship team, and so uh, I could boy. tell that she had you know, a uh, heart to serve God. And so even when I was nervous to ask her out and she said no, I was like, well, at least I know that she's you know, serving the Lord. And then I realized that I'm not, I'm not here to try to get a girlfriend or a wife. I'm here yeah. to... You know, serve God and to learn mm-hmm. more about God's word. And mm-hmm. so I continued going. And then after I asked her out uh, and she did say yes, I said, well, it's going to be to my cousin's wedding. And she's like, oh, okay. And so it was, it was different to have the first date like that. But I think it was better because she got to meet all my family and mm-hmm. they uh, really uh, embraced her and uh, loved on her. And so she knew at that time that I was... I was the one for her, but I wasn't so sure. So I was, I was oh, kind of really. So, no, I was kind of nervous whether she was gonna <laughs> say yes or like, second oh, date. Oh, never mind. You took me to a oh. wedding. And you so know? Uh, you know, we, we kept seeing each other, and and finally our, our our love kept growing. And then when I did ask her out, I was I was really nervous to. I mean, when I asked her to marry me, I was really nervous that I got some friends from sitting to help me kind of like coordinate the the day and stuff. And so. Uh, when I asked her to marry me, she said yes. I was like, okay, good, good. Now I, <laughs> now I can kind of relax a little bit knowing that, you know, everything that had, uh, the Lord had put us together, everything had worked out to where mm-hmm. we got married and now we here got we are 30 years on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Eve yeah. 1990. We went to Olive Garden. So. Ooh. It used to be very fancy back then. Ooh. It was like a fancy place, but now it's very common. So. <laughs> it's a very common place now. It was very fancy Aww. back in well, 1990. And then y'all got married on what day then? 
June 29th, 1991. And y'all have been married for 29 years. 29 years. Yep. Wow. That's amazing. So I guess uh, I just love hearing that story every time. I love yeah, asking. Same I, I wanted the listeners to know about that. Uh, so going more into, I guess, love and marriage, what's the one piece of advice that you would give to newlyweds or just married couples in general? Y'all can, one of y'all can start. Are you loving this podcast? Let's talk about Patreon. It is a way for you to connect with us and support our mission. By giving at least $3 a month, you can help us keep the podcast ad-free and we can continue to serve you with content that we know that you love. If you go to Patreon, sign up and support us. Leanna and I definitely want to bless you back with free gifts. For more info, visit patreon.com slash the simple mission. Well, I know with us, when we got married, we always had wanted to continue to put Jesus first. And uh, we, yes, we love each other, but our focus should always be to please God and to serve Jesus. And so I think that's one thing that when you're going to get married and when you do get married, that to both of you to be in unity to focus that what you want to do is you want to serve God and you want to be able to put your trust and your faith in Him and be able to uh, do ministry work that would help others and not just look at it for yourself, but mm-hmm. to be able to be a blessing to others and be able to serve others just like Jesus would. Hmm. I guess my advice isn't so spiritual, uh, but it's important to me and uh, that you laugh together every day. Oh, yeah. Somehow oh, yeah. you have some little fun together and laugh. And, and we, we joke a lot. We yeah. play around a lot. Uh, we banter a lot back and forth. We have our own little <laughs> jokes that we know. Yes. So to a me, that's important because life, life can get so serious right. and mm. so intense sometimes. And you've got to help lighten each other's load. So to me, you have to laugh together every day. Somehow, mm. something. Laugh and together. I, and I think another thing that when you're married, uh, I think it's always important to be able to do stuff for your spouse that would be uh, beneficial or be, she would be grateful for it. Like in other words, it could be just washing dishes for her or um, mm-hmm. washing the clothes or sweeping up or cleaning up. So I think all of that can be a help to your spouse. So, you know, mm. don't, don't be afraid to jump in and do that. And uh, I think it, it blesses your, your spouse when you do that. And I think they, they really enjoy that. Right. So it's almost like practicing, like, humility. Like, don't be, like, mm-hmm. you have to serve them, too, not just yourself. Right. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it is. I like that. So I like the just the small things matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. So, cool. Um, so this one is a, a little bit of a different question, but um, tell us all kind of how you both um, became Christians and, like, what kind of led you on the journey to know about Jesus and wanting to grow closer to him every day. Well, I was raised Catholic. My parents were Catholic when I, when I was born, so I was baptized um, as a baby. I received my first communion, confirmation. Um, but somewhere along the line, I think I was 12 or 13, my mom, we went to a Catholic church that was right next to a Baptist church. And mom mm-hmm. and I were going to mass together. And instead of turning right, my mom decided to turn left and we ended up at the Baptist church. And it was like, Mom, what are you doing? She's like, I don't know. I feel like I need to go. And we went into the service, mm. and my mom went up to the altar after church that day after the service and received Jesus into her heart. Wow. Mm. And then she went back that evening and got baptized. 
And of course, as a Catholic, you don't leave the Catholic Church. So family was furious. It was very hard to deal with, but it started me mm. on the journey because I always felt as a child, I wanted to know Jesus and I would be in church and I would talk to him, but I just felt like there was more. Mm -hmm. So I can still think back in my life, all the times that I prayed and cried out, not knowing how I could have a relationship with him. I thought it was all the way the Catholics thought through the priest and through the sacraments. But little by little, I gave my heart to the Lord when mom went to another church, a non-denominational church, and she uh, had me go. I didn't want to go at first because it was different. But I went, and I remember when I gave my heart to the Lord, and I just was so hungry, and I just wanted to keep going. And then my dad was still going to the Catholic Church, and my mom was at the other church, so I would go both. I would go to Mass at 8 o'clock in the morning with my dad, and then go to Sunday school with my mom and, and service. So it was just this hunger that I had. And so mm -hmm. from there, if you are hungry, God will make a way mm -hmm. for you to know Him. Mm -hmm. And that's what He did for me. So it's just not just because you're born again at a certain age doesn't mean it stops there you're always going to increase and, and grow. Um, but no matter what I went through in life, I knew that he was there with me. And um, so I thank God for my Catholic background because it taught me to be faithful hmm. to the house of God. It taught me to um, be respectful in the mm. house of God. Mm -hmm. It was just a way hmm. of brought, being brought up that it was very important that you maintained um, respect for people in church and for the church itself and for the Lord and but it was just very different um, going to a new church. And so little by little, I just felt like I kept growing and growing and becoming more acquainted with God and His Word, and that's what I wanted. Hmm. Um, I don't know how you know we get there. It's just God that, mm -hmm. that leads us in that path. And so I'm very grateful that I came to know Him. I was 13 oh. when I was oh, okay. born again. And going from there, that's not awesome. that it's been easy and not that I was perfect and not that I walked like it all the time, but he's always been there for me. Hmm. What about you, Dad? Well, I also grew up uh, in Catholic, as far as Catholic Church. And I, when I was little, I was an altar boy. And I think I served till I was like 14. And um, even when, <laughs> when I got older, uh, we did help uh, sometimes clean up the church, sometimes uh, cut the yard for the church and just do things to be able to, to serve. And, uh, you know, we used to go to uh, Catholic school, which is called catechism, and you'd learned all about uh, the Catholic way of life, but you always uh, felt like there was something more. And so once I graduated from high school, I came to college in Corpus, and uh, for a while I, I would go to church, but not really too much into church. And then it wasn't until my 20s that, uh, early 20s that my sister uh, had become a Christian and she started to witness to us in our family and she started telling us about Jesus and at first we thought she was crazy but then as we no started way. to listen more about oh, wow. what uh, yeah. uh, how Jesus can you know change our lives and how in the Catholic Church you have a lot of kind of I guess you say rituals where you do things you stand up sit down kneel down at certain times you say the same prayers and then you're done with mass and so we always felt like there was more and I guess that hunger to learn more about God's Word that once uh, she started sharing with us and, and we started really like opening up the Bible and learning more about it, that that helped us uh, to grow closer to Him. And then uh, in, uh, it was February 13th, 1989, that I went to a, a concert here in Corpus. It was Mylon Lefebvre. Mylon Lefebvre, for all of you people that remember that. <laughs> and they, they, uh, their music was more kind of, I liked it because it was more kind of like rock. Rock. And so... When I went to the concert, I enjoyed it, and then at the end of the 
the concert, they had an altar call, and so I went up to the front and accepted the Lord, and, and so I still remember that date, and like I said, it's been over 30 years, but uh, I've grown more, you know, each and every year, and I, and I feel like God continues to, to lead us and guide us, and as, well, as, well, as far as myself, to be able to uh, love God, serve others, and be able to be a blessing to others. Wow. The crazy thing is that it's almost like you wouldn't have done that had your sister not witnessed to y'all. Like, like your heart was already, like, prepared in a way to, like, accept Jesus at the altar when you went to the concert. You you probably wouldn't have gone to that concert in a way. It's crazy to see, like, even though y'all had a Catholic upbringing, that y'all knew that there was something more out there. Y'all had a hunger for something else. Y'all just didn't know what it was. Then y'all had to go out and seek Mm -hmm. for it. And the one thing I love about both of y'all is it's something that I also uh, implemented in my life is y'all always wake up early in the morning and y'all have your quiet time with the Lord separately and probably as a couple. But I and y'all have been that example for me and I brought that into you know my life and then into my marriage with David. And so it's just so cool to see how God has you know, work in your life, and then it has also flowed into my life as well. So I just want to thank you all for that. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. You have anything to say? Yeah, so um, if you all go back to our first season, I don't remember what episode it was, but we have talk about our, our morning routine. Mm-hmm. And so y'all can, y'all can listen more um, to just be able to understand kind of uh, how, we, how we flow and um, in that and how mm-hmm. God has really blessed us with that. So... Go way back and check it out. Go way back. (laughs) But if I can go back to what you said, how, and we both did it, you know, we both felt it. We both felt like there was something more. Mm -hmm. And I think people need to realize that God gives you that desire. You just don't know it yet. Mm -hmm. That it's Him. It's Him that calls us. And we don't know it yet, but He's loved us. You know, the Bible says, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. He called us at that time. And not to think that you're crazy or not to think that God doesn't love you because he wants to be in a relationship with you and he will Mm -hmm. do anything it takes to bring you to himself, whether Mm -hmm. it's your mom making the turn to the Mm -hmm. left instead and going to the Baptist church and getting saved that day, or it's your sister that gets saved. He Mm -hmm. is working. So if you don't know him, Mm-hmm. and you want to know him, he is making a way for you to know him. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. how much he loves us. Mm-hmm. So wow. I, I thank him yeah. that he does. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so dealing with uh, the times that we live in now, it's um, kind of crazy, but um, I guess how have y'all been doing with this um, COVID-19 pandemic and you know all the protesting and hate that has been going around you know how has it kind of affected this the schedules uh you know life and events um personally well like with me it was it was a big change because when uh, they started to close everything down as far as with uh, schools and stuff i teach and i coach i was i was very busy uh doing both teaching and coaching and all of a sudden they shut everything down saying, well, it's too risky for people to be in school. So it was difficult to be at home all the time. Even our dog Lucy would look at me like, <laughs> oh, you, why are you still dog. home? <laughs> why are you still home, Dad? So uh, it, it was difficult. And then we had to do teach online uh, classes, which we had never done before. So I had to learn. I had to help and then, my dad. I know Leanna helped me. And so, yes. so that, was, that was new for me. And then, you know, with uh, 
seeing the protests and stuff, they just kind of, uh, it really, I guess you say, kind of broke my heart because you wonder why people are protesting and saying that uh, all black lives matter when it should be, you know, all the lives mattering, not just, mm -hmm. you know, a certain group. And so, you know, there's many people out there, whether they're, you know, Hispanic or whether they're black or whether they're white, that they're, they're all hurting. And I know a lot of people that, you know, lost their jobs during this time or have been struggling to make ends meet. And so it's, it's been tough. And, you know, we need to realize that everyone, uh, everyone's life is important. And, and throughout this time, I think one of the things that, that does uh, stand out is that, you know, you just got to keep putting your faith in God and, and knowing that, you know, he, he's in control and you're going to, you can be able to trust him. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. So it, it um, sounds like for any of you that are listening that are teachers, you know, you can definitely relate to relate to that story. So mm -hmm. um, what about you? For for me, we never stopped working uh, at the church. In fact, it in increased our, our level of activity because we had to change the way we have done everything in church. All of a sudden, people couldn't come. So we uh, very quickly had to go live. And they had never done online like, we live services done. either. And so they had to quickly learn in like what, in a week a or week. a few days. We had a couple of hiccups at the very beginning. <laughs> but, you know, thank God um, I that we were able to, to get that going. But we've never stopped and trying to think of ways to connect with people. Everybody was going through a lot of fear. Everybody was encountering job loss. Kids were at home working. Parents were at home working. So we were doing our best as a staff to call as many people as we could and encourage them and pray with them. This is just new for everybody. So for us, it hasn't stopped. There was no, a lot of people were like, oh, well, it's nice to be home and take time. I was like, we <laughs> didn't, didn't get that. that. <laughs> I still worked, but Baldi was home, which was nice because this you was- You didn't have to go home and take care of Right, day. so this was during baseball season. So I always, I hate to say this, but I, I always hate baseball season because <laughs> he's gone so much. And I, I just, oh, because yeah. I know the hours that he puts in oh, yeah, and course. he's so tired and I don't know how he gets up every day and goes through his routine other than the strength of God. And I pray mm -hmm. Psalm 1 over him mm. but it was nice to have him home and taking care of lucy <laughs> and taking care yes. of the house and fixing up the house yes. and doing things going into the store for me when you had to wait in line like whoever thought that you'd have to wait in line to go to hb -E oh, or you have know. to wear a mask and it's like it's just been like a bad movie that i wish i could turn off Whoa, that's it's, a good like. I keep looking that. out at different things and then the movie continued with seeing the news of the protesting and the politics and it's so disheartening but we have to remember that we are not fighting against flesh and blood mm -mm. it says mm -hmm. that our, our battles are in the spirit realm and so when we don't seek God when we don't put God first we allow all these other principalities to take over our lives and that's what's happening in our mm -hmm. in our nation in our world and it saddens me the the hurt that people are doing to each other and I pray that that God will intervene some mm -hmm. way somehow and bring bring peace to it but it's been it's been really disheartening sometimes to see how people react how people are acting what people are doing all of the protests like please i i can't believe that so it's like a bad like i said it's like a bad movie and i wish i could change the channel yeah. and everything but, but it's real life it's real life every day you turn on the news and it's like you see these protests and it looks like something we grew up watching in the 80s like in in poland or in germany and it's happening now right now in our streets and mm. never thought that you would see this happen mm -hmm. in our in our lifetime so it's even though it's been crazy i just thank god that we've been able to 
have Valde home more better. I think he kind of, he kind of centers me <laughs> when he's home and I know he's there. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, it's, it's been kind of crazy. Hmm. Well, yeah, well, we can, we can definitely, um, you know, understand. And Relate I guess we that. have to just continue to, to keep our country and the world in, in our prayers. So we're actually um, online on Facebook this morning. Just, we were cruising through other um, news stations in like the, the UK and it's crazy. And like, they're still like, they're going through the same stuff. We are mm-hmm. the same. Like we were just cruising on like the, I think it's called the BBC, the London news. Crazy. Like, I meant like, you know, just, it's just happening um, around the world. It, it seems like. Um, and so, but, you know, I, I guess we have to just remember that, you know, that, that God is is in control and that he is our constant. Yes. And so, mm-hmm. which is reassuring. It, it, it gives us hope, you know, um, when there seems to be no hope at all. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So um, the week before, after the recordings didn't come out, uh, we talked about on the episode called um, How Do We Know the God is Still Dead? And uh, we're kind of gonna go more into that uh in that episode if you're interested in listening to that one but um I guess one question I want to ask my parents is like how do you know that God is still dead during a crisis like this during all the hate during all this all this violence that's happening during all the people dying um what's something that you can share to maybe encourage us and maybe our listener today you want me to go first yes <laughs> I did jot some notes down because I was trying to think, how do you explain the goodness of God mm-hmm. to someone unless you've experienced it? Yeah. So hmm. for me, you know, when you walk with God, not that my life has been perfect, but when you walk with God through some fires, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's how you discover the goodness of God. If things were perfect all the time, if things, if the sun was always shining and nothing bad ever happened, I don't know sometimes that we would press into God as much as we would if things were going bad. Mm. So if you walk through the fire, you know mm. he is that fourth man with you in the fire, just like he did to uh, the children of Israel that back in the book of Daniel. You know, he was that fourth one, unless you've walked through and you know, but maybe you don't know yet how God is good. And maybe this is the first time walking through the fire. So mm. all I might would say is just get to know God. He will not disappoint mm-hmm. he won't disappoint you he you cling to him and he is right there he's the one that you press in when when you're getting pressed in you press into him and that's why i can't explain the goodness of god because i've experienced it in my way but everyone has to experience it on, on their, their own way. on their own way mm-hmm. so don't let this these circumstances draw you away from god help them to press into god and that's how you're going to know his goodness he's going to be there for mm-hmm. you it's true. <clears throat> One of the things that I believe has uh, helped me is that uh, you, when you draw closer to God, He also will help guide you uh, to help others. Uh, it could be through a text message. It could be through an email. It could be through a phone call. If you happen to see Him in person, it could be that maybe you talk to Him for a little bit. But just being that encouraging word to them, because a lot of people uh, have gone through rough times, whether they lost job or whether they had someone get sick or whether they've had uh, other things happen in their lives and, and, and with their children or with their parents. Uh, I know it's been a rough time, but I, you know, 
I think just being able to encourage them and being able to share God's word with them. And uh, even if they can't come to church, but if they can watch online, uh, I think a lot of times uh, just the, uh, the word of God flowing through that helps encourage them because, you know, so many of them uh, have, have been through tough times, but I think what's really helping them is being able to stay grounded in God's word. And if they maybe strayed away, they've come back and that's helped them, uh, I guess, kind of uh, make sense of all this because it's been kind of hard. And so I think when they be able to uh, listen to God's word, I think that helps them grow stronger. And I think you can help them as well through some way of encouraging word to them. Yeah, that's good. So, um, like last last week, we uh, talked a little bit about um, the book of Philippians and how um, you know Paul wrote it to the church of Philippi whenever he was sitting in jail, and we kind of went through that a little bit, and that was kind of a really good um, Bible verse that that like we have whenever we read it, it was very very eye opening. Um, and very hopeful because it, it described, I guess, like two two completely different people, types of people and like the events. Like he basically, there was no gray. It was very like black and white. And, um, and so, but we talked about that some last week, but what are some favorite Bible verses um, that like you could, you could share with us that will bring hope in, in these times? I know one of them that I kept going back to was in Joshua where he kept saying to be strong and courageous. And I think that's one of them that we need to make sure we uh, focus on God and be strong and courageous during this time where it's, it's been where people are struggling. But, I mean, even, even if you've been a faithful, strong Christian, you can always uh, have your doubts or have your fears or struggle. And uh, just keeping yourself strong and, and, uh, and courageous and, and God's Word, I think that is one of the things that helped. The other one that I've always enjoyed is Romans eight twenty eight, which says, you know, all things work for good for those who love God and work according to His purpose. So I think one of the things that if you continue to uh, either quote it or write it down and memorize God's Word, I think that helps you in every situation. Mm-hmm. Mm. For me, I always turn to the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I always liked how David wrote a lot of them, but how he had peaks and he had valleys. And uh, to me, going to God and looking in the Psalms. So one of my favorites is Psalm 18. And uh, I'm going to just read a couple of the verses uh, in the Passion Translation. It says, Lord, I passionately love you and I'm bonded to you. For now you have become my power. You're as real to me as bedrock beneath my feet, like a castle on a cliff, my forever firm fortress. I love that. Mm-hmm. My mountain of hiding, my pathway of escape. My tower of rescue where none can reach me. You are my secret strength and my shield around me. You are salvation's ray of brightness shining on the hillside. Always the champion of my cause. You know, to say I love the, the personification of your mine. Mm-hmm. You're my mountain. You're my strength. And I, that's where I draw my strength mm. during these times. That yeah. God is mine and nothing can take that away from me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to know him and to keep pursuing him, even when times are tough, even when things look bad, this is what we're made for. This is the time that the church is here now. 
And I think sometimes we've had it too easy and life's been too cushy and God's mm-hmm. saying, okay, God, this is, you're saying, you're my church, act like it. Be right. my people, step mm-hmm. out, don't be fearful. You might feel afraid, but you still go forward. Mm-hmm. And so when I read Psalm 18, it just draws me to have that strength and that courage mm-hmm. that it's not for, it's not about me, it's about him. He's my strength and he's my rock and he's my refuge and he's my champion. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. important to me to, during this time. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of my favorite chapters from Psalm is actually one of my late grandpa's favorite passage is uh, Psalm 91. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly, like, I just, I just said it like on the fly here, but I love that part where it says, um, concerning you, like, the angels surround you, and he, they're protecting you. And so we have no idea, uh, you know, who God sends out to protect us, even though we can't see them or feel them. But uh, even though through all this, craziness of this world <laughs> this is something that I keep like going back to especially during the virus and all of that going around there's a lot of uh, stuff in uh, Psalm 91 that you can read and really uh, apply it to your life today mm. so yeah can I read that in the passion translation yeah, yeah that's the one I like too this first one and two uh when you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai you are hidden in the strength of God most high. He is the hope that holds me mm-hmm. and the stronghold to shelter mm-hmm. me, the only God for me and my great confidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just so beautiful. Yes. Um, just hearing that, just hearing that. Yeah. He's um, our great confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. So, you want to do Well, that? that's good. Yeah, well, so um, we have we have really loved um, getting to chat with you all. Um Chit-chat. Sometimes it can, it's on a weekly basis, but now all, all you can. <laughs> official on the recording. All you all can all listen to our chit chats. Um, so we like to ask um, those that we bring in for um, an interview, um, like a general question. And it is, um, this is something that, uh, you know, we ask everybody that we've interviewed on the podcast in the past. And it is, how do you all go about discovering your mission according to God's plan? And it can be individually or as a couple. Yeah. Oh, Dad. <laughs> I think with with me, it's it's always been that uh, together to be able to do things to to serve God, whether it be uh, different ministries or whether it be uh, helping, you know, neighbors or people that that are hurting. I think you know, uh, finding a way to be able to serve others has been, I think, our our heart's desire together as a as a couple. And and then for me. As far as teaching and coaching all these years, I think there's been so many uh, students that every year there's several ones that uh, just need to have you know encouraging words spoken over them, need to hear that uh, God you know loves them and be able to just uh, I, I believe have uh, a godly man in, in in their in their lives to be able to to cheat to teach and to coach but to also be able to speak words of encouragement to them because so many kids are uh, coming from you know broken homes or divorced families and so I think so many of them uh, to me my teaching and coaching is a ministry of being able to help kids and help encourage them that you know God's always with them and and that God never leaves them or forsakes them and that God's always going to be there for them no matter how bleak the situation might look but uh, I always feel like the last several years especially that there's been several students that I have in class or uh, that I'm coaching that always need that encouraging word so I think that's uh, a ministry not just coaching or teaching but I think it's a ministry that that God called me to do wow that's awesome what about for you mama well I don't know how to answer that first (laughs) 
you know, for us, of course, as a couple, I think making sure your mission, um, that you serve God together, um, that your kids know what it is to walk with God, um, that you always have, there always be unity in how you raise your kids and uh, encourage one another. And I think your mission as your family should be first. And it was hard for us because, you know, your dad had yeah. a lot of, of coaching hours away. And there were some times that y'all would get up and go to sleep and he didn't even get to see y'all some days. But no. I never um, I never told y'all that, you know, well, your dad's working again. I just like, mm-hmm. oh, your dad, when he'll be home soon. And always making sure that you're encouraging each other, even though you're supporting one another and your, your job takes a long hour. So the mission as a couple is making sure that kids know that love comes first, not condemnation, not um, judgment or, or putting guilt on people, which a lot of people like to do to get their way, and that's manipulation, and I hate that. I hate yeah. manipulation. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, as a couple, making sure there's unity in your mission because you're raising your family. It's it's lifelong. It's not one day and you're done. You know, yeah. it's daily grind. It's daily walk and daily love, and and uh, it's for the long run, and, and it's a marathon. So go for it together. Love one another and encourage one another. But you mm-hmm. know, individually, finding my mission was, you know, I, I don't know how to start it. I was supposed to. Uh, I started school after high school, and I started as a chemical engineer. And <laughs> oh wow! I, I, had, didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was really good in math and science, and I had scholarships. I had a scholarship to two different colleges, and went to one. And I started uh, as a chemical engineer, and I hated it. <laughs> I I sat. I was with all these guys. And it was the chemical engineering flow class or something. I can't remember. And I was like, I cannot do this for the rest of my life. And so I felt like that whole semester, I just, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. And, but I'm supposed to be here. I have the grades, I have the scholarship. And I just felt so bewildered. Like, what am I supposed to do now? And so the next uh, year, I tried going back to school. Maybe I'll, I'll teach math. And I still didn't feel, I felt like I didn't belong there. But I should have been, should have felt that when I never did. But at the same time, I started working part-time at our church. And then after your dad and I got married, um, you know, I kept telling him, I don't know if you remember the conversation, I was like, I just don't want to be in school. I don't know why. I just hate it. I just hated it. And he goes, well, just don't go anymore. And I I didn't go back. And I've worked at the church since then. And Mm. it kind of feels like it's just been an accident (laughs) that I've been there. (laughs) Every event. (laughs) Everything. You know, I've been there all these years. But I just wanted to... I just wanted to serve God. I just wanted to do, I just wanted to be in God's house. And I didn't care if it was watering the plants outside, <laughs> which I did, changing the, the letters on oh. the marquee out front. What was that called? Like that board? Marquee. That what it was called? I think it's oh, called yeah, marquee, yeah, yeah, changing yeah, the letters yeah. out front. Back in the day. Um, you know, putting offering envelopes out. I didn't, you know, I didn't care. I just wanted to be there. So I thank God somehow the door was open for me to do that because I cannot see my life having done anything else. It's kind of like it just kind of fell into place that way. Right. And so I don't know how God did it, but he did. And so um, I'm grateful. I can look back at my life and I don't have any regrets. Right. Mm. Of what I did with it. I'm glad it wasn't a chemical engineer. (laughs) (laughs) We're glad (laughs) too. I mean, like, who knows, like, where you'd be at right now. Like, right now, you started, you were working part-time at the church. You were a receptionist. Yes. Yeah, and then you work not you work your way up, but like you were faithful enough that they like you know how do you do different jobs? So you you were doing like the accounting, right? Business administration. Business yeah. administration, and then you did 
worship pastor. Yeah, kind of all kinds of things. She did you all kinds of things. You kind of do what you need to do when you have a church staff. You just fill in what needs to get done. What needs to get done. And right now you do more of the administration and like the children ministry as well. I help administrate that and mm-hmm. kind of help everywhere. So it's just crazy. So because she was so faithful and like, you know, she felt like she didn't, not belong but you didn't feel like you were supposed to be there in college and I love that you know because you experienced that I never felt the pressure when I went to college because I kept changing my degrees so even though I still stayed in college I started off as psychology (laughs) and then I changed it and then I went to special ed and then now I'm doing uh, media communication well I already graduated with it so I just love that my mom never pressured me to be like, stay in one thing. And like, they never condemned me like every time I change something. So I thank you for that as well. <laughs> but it's hard when you don't know when you're in something and it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if I could go back and do something different, I think I would have gone to talk to someone about it. Right. So if you are having feelings, if you're in something, whether it's a relationship a job, maybe buying a house, just something you're uneasy, talk to someone about it because they might be able to help you bring that. It took me a long time. Um, so maybe if I could go back, I would talk to somebody. Just everybody expected me to be a chemical engineer, and I felt like if you were I on a scholarship. I had a scholarship, right. and mm-hmm. that if I did that, I was disappointing people. So to make that leave from college was very hard. I had a lot of opposition. Right. But I knew in my heart that's what I needed to do. Not to say I may never go back to school, but I've learned a lot. Never say never. <laughs> I've learned yes. a lot along the way. Uh, you're never too old to uh, to keep growing and learning. And so this year has been proof of that right. for both of us. Right. <clears throat> but um, talk to someone. If you, you're you not sure about your mission and what you want to do and you feel... Don't hide it. Don't hide it. Talk to someone. Yeah. Someone that you mm. trust. Not someone that's going to condemn you, but someone that is going to that you can trust and help point you in the direction and pray with you about mm-hmm. it. Talk to someone. Mm-hmm. One thing I also wanted to add was that, and all the time that I've been teaching and coaching, I never felt the need to become a head coach because I always felt like my family should be first. So mm-hmm. I've that's been an assistant uh, coach with baseball, with football, with basketball, and I always felt like I would uh, be better off being an assistant to where. I wouldn't spend as much time away from my family to where I could be with the girls, be with my wife, and be able to be a father, not just one that would uh, the see them coach. every once in a while. Yeah. You know, I, I, My desire was not to be a head coach or to be the greatest coach ever and leave my family behind. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to put my family Amen. first and to be able to help my daughters whenever they needed to and be there for them, whether it was a... Uh, playing an instrument, music and band, or recital, <laughs> or, or being able to Clarinet. play softball they did play, or tennis, <laughs> or kickball, or kickball. Oh, so goodness. Oh, so all the things that. that they did, I wanted to make sure that I could make it. And so I never had the desire to become a head coach because I felt it would take more time away from my family and from my wife. So. Or how about those, uh, some of those Friday nights when you had football games, but the girls had a band thing? at their football games and yeah, somehow we went to different schools yeah. yeah somehow god would put it together that he would be close by and be able to zip in for the little announcement or the oh, award right. i was so grateful when he would we would go and look at the schedules and say oh well they're gonna have this presentation he goes oh i'm gonna be over at this school and it was five minutes away yeah, exactly. it's like oh, god knew awesome. so he knew <laughs> yeah. our desires sometimes and and he worked it out and yeah. yeah so and being a assistant coach for years um 
you know, whatever position you're at, you do it faithfully. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. you do for others, God will do for you. Mm-hmm. You're building people. So I always appreciate him doing, wanting to be an assistant coach because you're raising up the next generation right. to mm-hmm. come up into varsity. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. important. So if you're in a sub-level, I don't want to call it sub, if you're in another level working with smaller kids or smaller things, you're preparing your boss or whoever else for the next level. Yeah. And what you do in those things, the fundamentals, the foundation is important and you need to do it right. Mm-hmm. So be faithful yeah. where you're at so that when they go up, it's going to be good. Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all so much for um, being on the podcast. Yeah, thank As you, mom and dad. <laughs> Thanks for couple. having us. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> is there anybody uh, that like to have like a last remark or... No I've enjoyed uh, talking here and being able to share our our lives with everyone. So I'm thankful for the opportunity to do that. Yes, and I think y'all are doing a great job with your the simple mission and um, the influence that y'all have. You never know what's going to happen with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So cool. we pray blessings upon it. Thank you very much, Mama. <laughs> well, sounds good. Hope y'all have a good one. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Hey, are you still listening? Thank you for listening to this episode. Why don't you do yourself a favor and subscribe or follow the Simple Mission podcast so that you won't miss out on new episodes. To connect with us, simply visit our website at thesimplemission.com slash connect. Until then, we can't wait to connect with you. See you next time.